Welcome to Kick-Ons, the pop culture after-party for people who need just a little bit more. We're two friends, Jason and Steph, and we aren't ready to sleep on all things pop culture. Welcome to Kick-Ons, because the party's not over. The night is young, no we're not done. Party back at ours, everybody's welcome to the kick-ons. You're welcome. Welcome to Kick-Ons, the pop culture after-party for people who want just a little more. Morena, Jason. Howdy, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Okay, well, howdy, y'all. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Very appropriate. Thank you so much. (laughs) Is that the first cowboy speak you've ever spoken? Uh, Well, okay, so this is actually totally a story I was never planning on telling, but um, I I was washing someone's hair the other day and she was telling me about her daughter's just turned 21 and you know 21st and 21 year olds go to parties and they love to dress up and so she was going to a cowgirl themed party cool so literally like mid massage i'm like oh howdy y'all oh my god <laughs> it's like okay i've been fired i've been fired so this is actually the second time i've said howdy y'all this week wow that's amazing <laughs> and it feels gorgeous <laughs> Well, I think we can't let the listeners um, keep wondering why you just said howdy, y'all. I think it's time to bring in our guest today. Tammy Nelson grew up performing over North America with the Nelson family band, with her parents and two brothers working alongside greats like Johnny Cash. Let's just take a moment for that, please. <laughs> then, as any fairy tale goes, she fell in love with a Kiwi and moved to the bottom of the world and started performing as a solo act. It wasn't, it wasn't long until Tammy became a household name, which saw her take home multiple awards across many genres. The most recent, last week, winning Best Country Music Song and Best Country Music Artist at the New Zealand Country Music Awards. She's known for her powerhouse ballads, infectious stage presence, and, of course, her modern-day June Carter hair and bold fashion. This July, Tammy will be performing alongside some incredible names at Tuawahine, a celebration of Matariki through song and performance. We are so excited to hear more about Tammy and Tuawahine, Please welcome to Kick Ons, Tammy Nelson. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's not the first time you've said that. It's not, but it feels so good, eh? It does. It does. Like everyone, everyone just take a moment and say howdy, y'all, and you will immediately feel brighter and more chipper. Absolutely excellent. Well, first off, congratulations on your recent success. It looked like an amazing night. It was pretty, it was, you know, it's always a very unique experience at the Country Music Awards because they're held down in Gore, New Zealand. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's not often that people get down to Gore and, um, you know, it, 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 it's very quaint and very, um, you know, the people, the community there is really beautiful. Um, 
lovely people that really do their absolute best to make the night feel special for everyone. But there are definite moments where you feel like you're in a Christopher Guest mockumentary and you're kind of waiting <laughs> for the other cowboy boot to drop. You know, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> so I so um, was glued to your Instagram account during your yeah. time down in Goa. <laughs> Have you been hired as official uh, first lady of Goa? I, I, I am so up for that. I'm really up for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like always really impressed by, I felt like I needed to take everyone on this little guided tour. Cause not a lot of New Zealand, New Zealanders get down there. It's not easy to get to, there's no airport. You have to kind of, you know, fly the closest airports are all kind of an hour, two hours away. And so you have to make an effort to get there. And I feel like the effort is worthwhile just for the monuments oh, alone. Please. You know, like <laughs> it is it is value for money when you look at, you know, there's a giant trout uh, monument because it's the brown trout capital of the world, apparently. Like, I don't know if that's self-proclaimed or if that's like you know, it, it, it's fully <laughs> legit. Um, and then they have like, you know, the giant guitar, the giant sheep, lots of giant things in Gore, which is very yeah. impressive. A wagon? A wagon, a welcome a wagon. wagon. Oh, your new merch. <laughs> welcome merch, yes. Yes. You're like... ingrained in Gore. <laughs> I am very proud to, I think I should run for, uh, do they have a mayor of Gore? Probably. Um, (laughs) They do now. (laughs) Honorary. Honorary. (laughs) Let's go back to you growing up and performing with your family. What was that like? I mean, living in a house of just musicians must have been incredible. I guess, you know, however you grow up is what's normal to you. So it was really normal that our furniture kind of included giant guitar amps and and speakers like in the corner, Um, which I guess will be normal for my kids growing up as well. But you you kind of don't realize how unique um, your childhood might be until you kind of get older and, and really appreciate that you know, oh, not everyone did get to open for Johnny Cash. Um, not everybody <laughs> got to kind of rub shoulders with these legends who, as a kid, you just don't appreciate the weight of that. Um, and you kind of wish you had a little time machine as an adult to go back and really kind of soak up those moments um, with the appreciation of an adult. <laughs> mm. That's so cool. Do you remember Johnny Cash? I just like, I have to, I'm so obsessed with him. I do. He was, I just remember him seeming just larger than life. Um, He was, it it was kind of right before he did the Rick Rubin albums. And so he was not, he didn't have his big kind of heyday, you know, where everyone was celebrating him and appreciating him for the legend he was. It was in that kind of lull where, country radio wouldn't play him there was just you know I, I I love so many artists who are you know these iconic artists and and you just see the ebb and flow in every career and um and what a shame it is when you see them not being appreciated people like Mavis Staples went through that as well I think so many artists have 
Um, and it kind of also encourages you as an artist because we all go through it. And the realization that people like Johnny Cash even went through it. Um, you know, every artist has their ups and downs. But um, so we kind of got to meet him right before he did the American Recordings albums, which kind of shot him right back into the the public re recognition that he deserves as a legend um, with Rick Rubin. And so he was playing this festival that we were playing at and it was the dead of summer. It was so hot and he was head to toe, of course, head to toe in black and not just like a shirt and pants. Like he had on this black cloak that went to the floor and black boots. And I was just sweating, just looking at him and um, yeah, just his presence. Um, I just remember it just being so huge and and carrying kind of this charisma and and authority that I couldn't really understand as a teenager. Um, to be fair, I was a bit nervous to meet. Well, I was very shy to meet him because we had the night before been traveling to the festival from another show. And when you finish a show, you get into your pajamas, get in the tour bus and you head down the road. And as we were going down the highway, our uh, tour bus caught fire. And <gasps> yeah. Oh, you weren't expecting that, what? were you? <laughs> oh my God. Plot twist. <laughs> so yeah, major plot twist. Um, our, wow. So our, our tra the trailer caught on fire. Thank God all our instruments and things like that were stored underneath the actual main body of the, the tour bus. And so all of you our... You just call it furniture. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just call it that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> and so all of our clothes were destroyed, but our instruments were fine. And, but that meant we had to turn up the next day to open for Johnny Cash and I was in my pajamas because I just like changed into my comfy jammies to go down the road to the next show. And I had on literal, like the most Canadian pajama pants you've ever seen. They were like plaid. <laughs> and, and, and so we turned up to the festival the next day and I had to open for Johnny Cash in pajama pants and a festival t-shirt. Like they gave us all matching festival t-shirts and the sh the show must go on, right? And so I was a bit in, I was a bit embarrassed to meet Johnny Cash that day <laughs> in my plaid pajama Especially pants. Especially as a teenage girl, oh You're my already God. a teenage girl, <laughs> right? Oh my goodness! Like insult That's to injury. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is a crazy story. Uh, yeah, I think your fashion has totally made up for that moment yeah. now. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why. I just yeah. have so much yeah. to prove now. I'm like, I'm never getting caught out like that again. Yeah. Yes. It's actually really interesting um hearing you talk about Johnny Cash's struggles to be played on radio like way back mm. when because you I've listened to you be quite vocal about um uh women in country music and the struggles for them to get on uh, country radio, which uh, people might not know, but radio is huge still in country music. Mm. It's the it's the go to. Um, it absolutely. So how is. how are you navigating that? Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, 
you know, in the genre that I'm in, it's not true of every genre, but in, in country music, radio is still king. And there are very few gatekeepers who tend to be straight white males of a certain age um, who run everything. And it just means that, you know, it, it was as, as um, recent as 2015 that um, very famously a uh, radio consultant published, he was, he was published in an interview saying that if you want a successful radio station in country music, then you need to take the women out. And you need to especially not play them back to back. You'll lose your listeners. So this is this is a very real thing. And that's been an unspoken thing for many years in Nashville. That's why less women get signed to labels, less women get played on the radio, because it's this unspoken directive, which suddenly was published in black and white as recently as 2015. Um, and, and it caused an absolute uproar, uproar. He said, you know, men are the lettuce in our salad and women are the tomatoes. And it kind of kicked off this whole, it, it was finally out in the open, you know, and unfortunately it is true that uh, I've, I've worked closely with, um, a girlfriend of mine who is a professor of musicology at the University of Ottawa. Her name's Dr. Jada Watson, and she specializes in the study of uh, lack of representation in country music, whether it be for women, uh, people of color, um, different uh, genders or um, non-binary or, you know, and, and it's absolutely shocking um, that, you know, women make up about 10% of country radio airplay, people of color are w absolutely worse. I mean, they don't even show up on the graph. It's that bad. So it is a deep, deep systemic problem um, that is in country music. But and, and it led me to write a show with Jada called The F Word Songs of Feminism in Country Music, which um, we'll be touring later this year in New Zealand. But um, it is so important that that awareness is out there you know people and and it's funny when we perform this show people kind of go oh how shocking oh those americans how shocking but the statistics are just as bad in new zealand you know i kind of did this little pet project with jada during music month and women make up five to ten percent average of our top 40 album charts the new zealand album charts if you look at our charts, it's a sh it's shocking. Um, festivals normally a, a, an average of twenty percent of women in the lineup, and that's not even headlining. Um, r rarely, rarely headlining, unless you get you know really successful artists like Benny or you know people who have kind of made a splash overseas. Um, it's very rare, and it's a deep systemic problem. And I think that's why I'm so so excited to be part of this Tuawahine show, it is 100% female lineup, not just the headlining artists, but the full band behind us. It's female drummers, bass players, guitar players, musicians, you know, and um, it's, it's a beautiful celebration of Matariki, but also a celebration of having an all-female lineup, which is incredibly rare. Um, I was looking this morning at a, an, an account I follow, called um, 
oh goodness, it's gone through, gone, left my head, like no male, no males on the lineup or something. And, um, and I don't think they've ever published a 100% female lineup. I think it's the first time that they've ever been able to do that. They normally publish posters and, you know, do the, um, take the, the, men's names off the poster and kind of leave you with this graphic of this empty poster with a couple little names of females. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a big problem that um, I think only starts to um, be solved when there is awareness of it. You know, people are, they tend to be shocked when they see the statistics of even our own New Zealand charts. Yeah, it's hard when it's inside the system as well. I mean, uh, people listening, what you can do is go out and support female artists of all genres, but, you know, listen, request their songs on the radio, uh, let your voices be heard because everyone is stronger together. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, I just wanted to talk more about uh, your involvement in Tua Wahine because uh, you have toured, like, extensively uh, solo, What's it like um, being part of like a group of people? Does that really excite you? Oh man, it's so exciting. Like to be on a stage, um, you know, part of this big ensemble kind of super group um, is really, really exciting. And, you know, most of these women are my dear friends and colleagues. And, you know, we normally, it's, it's rare that we even get to see each other perform that much because, we're all performing. And so you miss each other's shows because you're all working and touring. Um, So this is a really special time that, you know, all of our New Zealand artists are home at the same time and able to be part of and create these amazing shows um, that have us all on stage at the same time. I mean, it's, it's such a rare thing. So it's a really precious thing for sure. And it's just, I mean, to be real, it's just going to be a total riot. It's just going to be like <laughs> absolute mayhem and so much fun. I mean, when I get together with these girls not on a stage, it's absolute, uh, you know, chaos and the the best kind of chaos. <laughs> I love it. We should say it's Anika Moore, Annie Crummer, Tammy Page, Georgia Lines, and Rhea Hall is the musical director. Um, and it's out at the Civic Theatre on Friday, the 2nd of July. Get your tickets. Um, what was coming to New Zealand like for you and sort of trying to navigate a new country and also an established industry? Well, and trying to join an industry that you're so well established in already, but it's just a bit different over here. Mm, oh, it was really daunting, you know, even though I'd been in music my whole life. Um as anyone will know in the, in the, in, in any industry, I guess, but music, especially it's so much who, you know, and m- building that community and getting to know people. And, and so to come from, you know, decades of kind of establishing that community and relationships and network that you kind of build over decades to kind of leave all that and start, all over again from scratch, not knowing a soul was really daunting and um, scary. Um, but there's always that element of like excitement as well. It's like it, it's, it's uncharted territory for me. And so it was, um, it was a lot of 
learning and listening, um, but also hustling and really kind of grabbing every opportunity and, you know, meeting people who, they even like smelled like they wanted to help me. I'd latch onto them, you know, <laughs> bless their hearts, bless their little hearts. Um, but yeah, so I think it was just immediately, di- I just dove right in the minute I got here, but it was hard to even know where to start. You know, it's like I said, music communities are tight, but New Zealand music community community is even smaller and tighter. And, and so a lot, just like anything, when you move across the world and started a new school as a kid or, you know, as an, I found as an adult, it can be even harder because people have formed their friendships and their relationships and their community. And so they don't have that drive to need to uh, meet more people and include more people on their busy plates, you know? So, um, it, it was definitely a challenge when I first got here and it was just going to every open mic night that I could and um, playing every free gig that I could and just trying to kind of meet other musicians. Um, but on top of that, being a country artist um, or, you know, that's kind of my foundation, finding country artists or musicians my age in New Zealand was a massive added challenge for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Do you think being here and immersing yourself in our music and culture has changed your music at all or influenced your music? Absolutely. For the better. You know, I think that (laughs) I, um, I definitely would not be the artist I am today without, you know, I've been here for, Oh my God. 15, 17 years. I'm old. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I would not be the artist I am today. I think that, you know, being a a musician in in North America and predominantly, you know, for me, it was around Nashville. When you're around a music hub, kind of one of those main music centers, you are a dime a dozen. You are... Um, working so hard to be noticed in an ocean of people who are probably infinitely more talented than you will ever be. And they are just flipping burgers, you know, and trying to get their songs heard. And there's, you know, people who are absolutely incredible musicians. My dad used to say, you know, Nashville, it's like a factory town, but instead of, you know, uh, producing concrete (laughs) yeah like concrete blocks or cars they're producing music and so every single person you meet every waitress every person at walmart that greets you they are probably a musician that have moved there to try to make it and so it's um it is a tough nut to crack and i think also for me um you know, having been in musical hubs and around musical hubs all, all through my life and then moving to New Zealand, um, it was really refreshing and freeing. Suddenly, you know, no matter how much you try, when you kind of are in one of those musical hub industries, you kind of take on these influences like osmosis. You know, it's it's really hard to bring your own voice and your own unique 
um, artistry when you are just, it's just constant, like you're swimming in an ocean of music of other people's music and influence. And so I think the, for me, while some people, you know, said to me when I left, like, what are you doing? You're committing career suicide, moving to the bottom of the world. There's, you know, people leave there to come here. And I said, yeah, but I think for me, it's been my absolute greatest asset. It's been the thing that's made me who I am and made me different than all those other artists. Um, I create the music that I want to create with no outside influence or, you know, this needs to sound like the next big thing or, well, this person made it big. So let's kind of try to emulate that. Or um, I think that that can be my biggest strength and my biggest weakness is that I don't adhere to one genre or one style of writing or one audience even, you know, I think, as a as a person as a as an audience member i get bored when you know about three songs in and they all kind of sound the same to me i'm like i want that variety and so that's what i choose to do is i'm the one performing it and i need to perform it you know for years on end um and so i need to love it <laughs> yeah. i need to love my music and um not not get bored and so i hope that keeps my audience from you know, being interested and engaged as well. I haven't yet had the absolute pleasure of seeing you live, but what do you, what do people expect from a Tammy Nielsen live show? I think I, I've always really tried to um, be able to emulate what I record on an album. And so I've always been really kind of conscious of what it sounds like sonically and, and what we use when we produce. And so that was specifically like, Chickaboom uh, was written specifically for touring overseas when I have to keep things smaller, you know, that you're dictated by finance and budgets and, and keeping things sustainable on tour. So I said, I'm, it, and it was a challenge, you know, to go into the studio and say, I don't want any more than three instruments on this song. So it needs to be drums, drums, bass, guitar, and that's it. And sometimes no bass. And, you know, so it was, it was keeping it as like succinct and undiluted as possible. Um, whereas, you know, uh, I'm currently writing an album and, um, or just finished writing an album. I'm going into production next month. And Woo, that's, <laughs> and that one, I'm like, <laughs> I'm stuck at home for, you know, a year and a half. I've been grounded from international touring for, a, a, a good long while and so I don't feel that pressure of like I need to recreate this live so I'm just gonna create the album that I've always wanted to just go crazy and create and um so so it, it depends but for a live show I think that the the thread of continuity in all my shows whether it be you know touring with the orchestra in last November and doing the civic with like a 12 piece orchestra or playing a little club in Germany with just me and a drummer and a guitar player. Um, I perform the exact same way, you know, um, I guess I, I just always try to just leave it all on the stage and absolutely wring myself out of 
everything that I have vocally and making connections with my audience. So um, I think that you still, I think people expect to have that same level of performance no matter what band you have behind you. Yeah. Awesome. I feel listening to you, you have a lot of like knowledge, passion, um, like hard work behind Mm. you. Do you ever feel like you will be at a stage where you want to pass that on to other people and bring them up in a world where you've like had to really like go and keep going to like get to where you are today? Like people, I guess you can listen to your songs and be like, oh yeah, she's always been this great. But it's only really recently even that people have like really started listening and really started paying attention. I think that for, yeah, I think that you would kind of, the the irony about the music business is like normally, you know, it, it kind of idolizes and elevates youth. I mean, this whole world does We're we're kind of taught to, to that, that is the ultimate goal. Um, Whereas as you age and kind of get into your forties as a woman, all of a sudden you just give zero. Can I swear on here? No. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know know what? (laughs) Zero bicycles, people. Um, (laughs) About the opinions of others or judgments. And you suddenly start stepping into your confidence and kind of seeing um, the narrative of, of our society and, and where women are placed in that, um, and realizing that and kind of shaking that off. And, um, I think that's kind of when you really kind of step into it and go, hold on, like life's short. And I only have, you know, I'm probably halfway through now and, and becoming a mother, um, becoming a parent, losing a parent, you know, all these things slap you in the face with your mortality and you realize I don't have all the time in the world. Let's make hay while the sun shines and, uh, really say what's important. And I think you, that drive to leave, um, a a foundation that your children can then stand on um, is really, really important. It becomes very important. And so that's, that's a huge part of what I do is wanting to instill that in younger artists coming up, instill that in my own children. Um, it's why I try to include having, you know, uh, young female artists either open for me or part of my shows. Um, you know, I often talk about when I first landed in New Zealand and didn't know anybody, The one of the first acts, artists to take me on were the Top Twins. They were the first ones. Oh, yeah, twins. they were the first ones <laughs> to give me their audience. Like they had me open for them or part of their shows. And, you know, having these two amazing women who absolutely defied what was popular or going to sell in mainstream. I mean, it's two lesbian women, twin sisters who do comedy and country music, country music in New Zealand and you're gay and you're women. I mean, they pretty much had it all stacked against them and they 
built their own empire. You know, when they didn't get, they're not, they weren't waiting to get offered a seat at the table. They just built their own table and they're one of our most successful, iconic acts. But I can still remember the very first time I met them. It was at uh, the Country Music Awards um, many, many years ago. And I performed and then they were being awarded, I think, something like, you know, the the legendary, iconic award of glory. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, and Jules and, and they went up to accept their award. And I will never forget Jules saying, you know, anytime that you have any success in this industry, when you have doors open for you, you make sure you hold that door open so other people can come through behind you. And that's exactly what those girls do. And that stayed with me because that's what I want to be for upcoming artists as well. Um, That, you know, to, to keep passing that on and keep holding those doors open when we have to, you know, it's so much work as, as females in the music industry to kick those doors down in the first place. So um, trying to kind of pull as many through the door behind you as you can is, <laughs> is really important. Yeah. Totally. That's the cool thing about Tuawahine as well. There's really established, like, iconic household names on the bill, you, um, Anika, and Annie. Mm. And then there's Paige and Georgia Lines who are, you know, just, like, starting to crack through. And we've mm. spoken to both of them, and we are obsessed with them. And it's just, I think it's just such a cool opportunity. And I imagine they are just going to soak up everything they can from the three of you and from Rhea Hall. It's uh, a cool, man, cool thing to there's, be happening. There's so, yeah, like, I mean... Annie is just, she's the mama, man. Like she's the mama bear Mm. that we all absolutely bow, you know, and she's the most humble, warm, beautiful woman. Um, But, you know, Anika is another one when I, when I was first kind of starting to, uh, you know, um, make a little bit of headway here in New Zealand. I remember I played this, as I said, open mic night and her, (laughs) I'll never forget like absolutely breaking out in hives because Anika, Julia Deans, Anna Coddington were all sitting in the front row. <laughs> oh my God. Heart palpitations. And they are all, Whoa. they are all like dear, dear, precious friends now, but I'll never forget. Like I was so, you know, I, I gave it all I had. And then I went and sat back at the back of the, the room by myself. And Anika came back, sought me out and came and introduced herself, said hello, said how much she loves my music and was so encouraging. Julia, Anna did the same thing, you know, and that's <laughs> so important to an artist who is yeah. starting out to be kind of embraced, you know, how they, they approach with open arms and immediately enfold you. And that was, I mean, about a decade ago now. Oh my um, goodness. It's so nice. Yeah. But they are, they're, they're my sisters. I mean, we call it, we're, we're the coven now and we, we are all, we're all now mo- mothers since then. Um, so, you know, we kind of have our music mama's coven 
and uh, <laughs> and but all of those <laughs> all of those women are absolute gold to me. They um, the solidarity, you know, it's it's so important for people in the industry um, who are marginalized um, to find that solidarity and that community because it makes you stronger. You know, when I'm running out of gas and I'm like, that's it. Uh, you know, I get almost weekly messages from Anna Coddington saying, I'm looking up job search. I'm like, well, I'm going to do something else with my life. <laughs> like get a real, get a real job. And, and I try to fill her tank. And then she does the same for me. Yes. I'm going, forget this. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I'm too old for this shit anymore. And she's like, no, no, no. You know, and we all do it for each yeah. other. She's like, you survived a bus fire. You will keep going. <laughs> this is nothing. <gasps> yeah. Oh. oh, that's so good. Shall we say the mantra? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 2001 to 2008, there ain't a song that we hate. Now, Tammy, this is... <laughs> I always love everyone's reactions to that. Sometimes one uh, guest recently said, I just have to let everyone know that I don't agree with that statement. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, okay, just come along for the journey. This is our segment where we take a moment to pay homage to 2001 to 2008 because we truly believe it was such a golden time in music and people just... Don't appreciate it as much as we do. <laughs> oh, bless. Now, Tammy, we would love you to add a song to our playlist. And it doesn't have to be strictly 2001 to 2008. We, are... we just, it just rhymes. Yeah, it rhymes. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, if I'm allowed to cheat a little bit, I would love to. <laughs> it's just two years off. And that's a big concession for me. I'm kind of a girl of the golden age of like, the 60s 50s 60s 70s is like predominantly what I listen to um but I you know for the Tuawahine show I we were all asked to choose a Kiwi classic to to perform Mm -hmm. in the show and um let me tell you when you're looking for a female artist the pickings are slim but anyway (laughs) (laughs) those Kiwi classics it's all like literally the dudes who I love but they're all the dudes um Mm -hmm. and um but I was going through and another one of like she's my sister man and I I absolutely adore her I she's an absolute queen she was just properly um recognized um by the actual queen in England Mm -hmm. just this past week part of the honors uh Miss Lady Six and she's another music mama that's helped me through many a tour um, sending messages home going, how do I do this? And she's like, just be, you know, giving me all these, this encouragement. Um, Cause she had to do many tours um, apart from her son as well. And um, so when I was thinking of classics, this is technically 2010, um, but 98 till now is such a badass song. And I think, mm-hmm. I think I might, shock my audience a little bit by covering it (laughs) (laughs) i am asking julia deans to play a banjo in it so maybe that'll split the diff you know um but will it be 
Will it be Tammy Nelson singing a Lady Six song as Tammy Nelson with a Tammy Nelson twist? Girl, I have never rapped on stage. Um, <laughs> and I'm actually, I, I'm the most nervous about this than anything. Um, but I'm going to give it my very best shot. And it will be worth the money for the ticket just to see <laughs> country artist Terry Nielsen perform Lady Six 98 till now complete with (laughs) complete with expletives but yeah Amazing. Yeah, I, I hear our studio recorded version coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I love her so much, and we've talked so much about trying to make a collaboration work. It's such different audiences, but one of these days, one of these days, man. Um, but yeah, this is, you yeah. know, getting an opportunity to cover a Kiwi classic. I'm like, this is my chance. This is my big chance. Um, yes, totally. Yeah. So I'm really, really, really excited about celebrating lady and like the words to this song man it's it's so relevant still i guess it's what 12 years or almost 12 years since it was released on her liberation of lady six album and it's still you know talking about how she was the only one of her kind in the landscape of hip-hop in new zealand and um you know now we've got amazing artists like jess b but, you know, I know that Jess would look up to her because it was modeled for her. That's what's so important about our industry is mm. if a young girl growing up now looks at a landscape with no female hip hop artists, then why would she ever think that she could do it? You know, but I'm sure that when Jess B was just a little fart, you know, and heard Lady Six doing it, it emboldened her to say, well, why can't I? And that it's that's what's so important about inclusivity and diversity in our music business, whether it be women, people of color, LGBTQ artists, you know, we need to see it modeled for us before yeah, we can believe that we can do it too, you know? And and so props to Lady Six. I love this song so much. 100%. Oh, it yeah. is on the list and there is enough space and there is enough fans and there is enough love for every sort of mm. um, people to mm. release their their own music and tell their own stories. It's like all of these gatekeepers are so worried that like mm. things aren't going to sell. It's, it's like just, that's not the world we live in. Mm. And, and hopefully that's – I have so much hope for, you know, the next generation coming up. For my kids, you know, that they're going to hopefully grow up in a world being raised by people that um, believe that there is space for everyone. Yeah. And it does, you know, equality hurts nobody. Um, but yeah, it, it's people who benefit from inequality are the only ones that are afraid. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Our children will be raised on Tammy Nielsen and Jess B. <laughs> <laughs> yes! What a combo. Yeah, ready for the crossover. <laughs> hey, well, I Tammy, mean, come on. You... I'm, oh, sorry. I was just going to say. No, no, go, go, know, go. If Lil Nas X 
can mix trap beats and yes. banjo. I just don't see why we can't, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. It's a winning yes, combo. We can. It literally is. I feel it. I hear it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your story and your wisdom and it's, your love uh, yeah. oh my god i just feel so warm listening yeah. to you speak and talk about <laughs> everyone and everyone who's helped you and how you plan on um just keeping on going because that's yeah. what it's about mm, absolutely the grind yeah. yeah i mean why why do it otherwise you know it's the journey is so much better when you're bringing other people along with you mm-hmm so nice well thanks for bringing us with you today oh thanks for having me (laughs) and tickets for tua wahine are available on ticketmaster um friday 2nd of july at the civic theater in auckland let's hope for a matariki 2022 tour of tua wahine oh Oh, bring it to the universe Okay. Yeah. You know, thoughts become things. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everybody go and listen to a Tammy Nelson song today and follow her on Instagram. Thank you so much. This Thank has been you. amazing. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>